Today on The Breakdown, legend Sean Deeb goes up against Lane back-to-back flack in a Poker Night in America cash game showdown. It's a $25.50 cash game with $100 straddle, so there's a lot of money on the line. Someone's going to make a play, and someone else has to decide, will he put on the Superman cape and be a hero? We're going to take it apart all right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I think there's something kind of disturbing about openings to the podcast in general. I think it's just that you, like whoever does it, me or you, yeah. we act in a way that we would never act or and speak in a way that we would never speak at any other point in our lives ever. Can you imagine True. walking down the street and, and speaking like that or just walking into a coffee shop? You want to go get some coffee like, today, I would love to have... A medium coffee. Okay. It is the most legendary medium coffee of all time from the most legendary coffee shop. Who will win? Who will lose this coffee (laughs) purchase? When we start the show, though, there's a marking difference between you and me in our openings, specifically in terms of that kind of a voice. I agree with you. Content-wise, you're right on. But in terms of the actual voice, you do that weird little voice no, no, like it's actually, this. I don't do that. No, you're in the uncanny valley, and I'm not. That's what's going on here. There's the uncanny valley of voice usage, where I'm actually going all the way with it to like uh, the pure animation point, and you're just like right. slightly Somewhere varying. You're yeah. like, what's his name? General Tarkin, or whatever he's called in... in oh, yeah, yeah. General Moff Tarkin. Moff Tarkin Rogue in Rogue One. One. That's you. Sure. That's you. That I'm was... Cars, and you're General Tarkin. That's, that's um, the deal. You, I mean, you sound... Uh, like you're making fun of the whole thing every time. It's just I don't mind. I think it's funny. But you always sound like you're doing like the um, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, I'm kind of making like... fun of the whole concept of right. uh, of the right. opening. And I'm trying to just be like make it sound exciting and like make it sound like a professional opening. That's right, but you still for. do it a little differently, which is the uncanny yeah. valley of audio. That's no, where you are. I do are. it differently on purpose, but I don't know if it's good. I'm not saying it's good. Um, I mean, Ira Glass to start. I can't believe we're talking about this on the show, but whatever. Well, it's, Ira it's Glass happening. to start this American Life always just talks in his normal voice and says, you know. It's a it's a it's a rainy Wednesday and Johnny Jacks is loving his his bet. On, I love uh, I love that IBM. episode. That's <laughs> my favorite no, he episode. Just started, he just starts starts talking and it's not really any different. I don't know if that's better or worse, man. I don't know. Well, Who I'm knows? We spent three minutes of the show talking about this. Recently, I, you know what, listeners weigh in. Hashtag yeah, like to new know. opening or hashtag I love it as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, we've been like breaking down the opening for three minutes every podcast episode. It's fun. That's, it's the breakdown. We, get, we, we break everything down. We slowly get more popular anyway. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so this hand was suggested, by the way, by Jack yeah. and Penny. I don't know if that's one person or two people. It's just Jack and Penny. Um, so that's cool. I either. So Can't speak to that. Probably one person. Probably one person, but or if maybe two, good job, everybody. Or maybe Both it's a, a couple who shares a Twitter account. You know, that's romantic. Um, is it? Yeah, I, I'm going to call it romantic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so let's get to the hand. It is Poker Night in America. <laughs> it is not a stream. It's one of their televised shows. I guess there's a distinction there, right? I mean, the distinction is that one looks better on the video than the other one. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this much one's a nicer video. That. We we just did the Daniel Cates Phil Hellmuth thing and. There's not much going on um, as far as, like, the video is concerned compared to this one. Yeah, that's Which right. I mean, is, visually, they, they're, there's only so much they're doing. They're doing, like, one shot with everyone versus the, uh, 
the other stuff. But this is probably a little too inside baseball, even for most of our fans. Right. So let's not worry about the visual aspects of Poker Night in America. Let's get into the hand. Let's talk about the lighting a little bit, though. Just a okay. little bit. No, I, I've been dying to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> All right. So 2550 with a 100 straddle. And we got Lane Flack. We've definitely never done a breakdown with Lane Flack in it before, That's have true. we? No, we have not. I was once in an elevator with Lane Flack. How was, was it amazing? I, it was um, a little humiliating, actually. Why did you had you soiled yourself? Why was it humiliating? Um, I, I had played my. It was the. Uh, I just finished day one of. I think it may have been dinner, or maybe we were done with day one of the main event. I can't. Oh, I think we were finished day one of the main event, and uh, we were both in the Rio, and we were both going up to our respective hotel rooms, and I knew who he was. This is years and years ago. No one knew who I was. I was. An, uh, beyond nobody. Like, I'm a nobody now, but holy moly, I was a nobody. And, uh, and whatever, I started talking to him about, you know, that we were both in the main event. And he was telling me about how he was down to, like, you know, 4,000, but now he had, like, 300,000 and whatever. And I said something about, like, trying to be like, we're both playing the main event. Isn't that cool? Or something like that. And he just looked at me and looked away and did not talk to me anymore. It's actually kind of unimpressive looking back. But in fairness, this was 11 years ago. I'm not going to hold it against him. But, Lane, if I ever see you... You better watch your back. Yeah, it's over. Oh, more threats. Good. All right. So uh, Flack has Jack seven of spades in the cutoff. This is a cash yeah. game, of course. And he opens to 250 bucks. The straddle's 100. I feel like that's too small, don't you? I do. I do. Who's in the straddle? I don't know. Some schlub. Some guy I don't care they, about. They almost always defend their straddle. Maybe Blaine thinks it's enough to be heads up a lot with the straddler and be in position and thinks it's fine and doesn't isn't necessarily trying to win it all right now is trying to win bigger pots later i still think it should be bigger maybe he thinks 350 is called for here maybe he thinks it's a tournament maybe he doesn't know it's a cash game maybe you think think that's possible that would explain a lot i don't know right (laughs) okay anyway i mean mean, 350 is a lot better right yeah you agree yeah. I think 400 is 400. 400, yeah. yeah. But whatever. He makes it 250, jack seven of spades. Uh, Sean Deeb, who apparently just was going full maniac in this game. That's what you said, right? Um, he just wasn't interested in ever, you know, having anyone push him around at any point is what I remember from. Yeah. But this hand may, may play into it a little bit, too. Like, uh, there are points when Lane may try and push Sean around a little bit. And if so, I remember that. <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how he reacts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Deeb's in the small blind. Again, the small blind is 25, and there is 50 and a straddle, so Lane's made it 250, and Deeb has 6-3 offsuit, 6 of clubs, 3 of spades. Most people are going to muck this hand in the worst position at the table. Uh, mostly they are. If they're not, they're certainly going to 3-bet it, but mostly they're just going to throw it away because it doesn't make any sense. you got two guys behind you to act, by the way, not just the normal one. Right. Well, Deeb decides, okay, I'm, I don't like Lane Flack because of how he treated Jonathan in that elevator. So it was 2006, I'm th- but nobody forgets, and I appreciate that, Sean. Yeah, because Sean is a poker guy's diehard fan. So he's going to raise to $800 with his 6-3 offsuit, which I would consider a suboptimal play. It is Obviously, it's exploitative, but I think it's yeah. probably best. The best move here is just to fold, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I would think so, too. I mean, I like it better than calling. I'll say that. Yes, but it's the second worst idea. It doesn't seem like a great idea anyway. Also, it's a cash game. It's very unlikely Lane's going to fold in position with whatever he's opening with, right? D must think Lane is just super wide, which I guess he kind of is. But even so, this seems ambitious, as we like to say on 2PG. Yes, we do like to call it ambitious, don't we? Um, yes. So it's ambitious, but it folds everybody besides Lane Flack out of the hand. So isn't that great? I mean, that's cool. We isolated Lane Flack in his somewhat wide range, and we look stronger than we are. And I'll say this. If, you know, if big cards come, we're going to win, and if small cards come, we might win. So that's good. Getting to win is nice. And $800 yeah. times two, $1,600, that's how much we get to win from, well, more than that, from yeah, the pot. Yeah, there's another 
150 in the pot beyond that. So Lane Fleck, Lane Fleck decides to call, which seems like the only decision. I guess he could four bet if Deeb's been going full maniac, but Jack seven suited crazy. is kind of good enough that we have position and we can flop well. Let's just see a flop. I think it's just if we have Jack six suited, we probably can't call. We can probably only yeah. four better. Making but a Jack straight. seven. What'd you say? We can make a straight. Right, flop exactly. so many more I mean, combo draws with Jack seven than Jack six. I mean, if we hit a seven, we beat ten seven. I mean, my God. That's amazing. Think about that. I haven't thought about that, but now I'm thinking about that. I'm not just saying that to you. I'm saying that to all of the people. All of the people know now. Yeah. Okay. Now I want so, them to think about it. So the flop is a good one for Flack. It's a ten of spades, three of hearts, deuce of spades, 1750 in the pot. Deeb has flopped middle pair with 6-3 offsuit, and Flack has, of course, jack seven of spades for one overcard and the flush draw. But by the way, everyone is like absurdly deep, right? Like yeah. everyone has like 200 We don't know the effect of stack, here, right? but there's heaps and heaps of chips in front right, of these right. people. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like 200 blinds minimum kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, okay. I figured. Uh, Deeb's going to continue here. Seems like a What's good... What's the flop again? 10-3 deuce, two spades. Great. We did it. We outflopped him. Yeah, Deeb's got the three, but I mean, Flax got all the equity, brah. Did you think That's about true. that before you I'm opened your yapper? I'm thinking about it now. But you don't want Flax to have the equity because you have a vendetta against that guy. Um, I just want him to lose. He can have all the equity you as long as he loses. just brutally owned. That's Let's what you do want. this, Shawnee Deeb. You and me. All right, so Deeb bets 700. This seems like a pretty small bet for a cash game. He bets 700 into 1750, having three bet preflop. What do you think, think about think... the sizing? I think betting categorically he was always going to do, no matter what the flop yeah. was. But the sizing is strange, right? The sizing is surprisingly small, but it may be one of these spots where Sean just feels like there's no need to bet anymore. Like, what's either he's got like a pocket pair and he's not folding, he has a 10 and he's not folding, he has spades and he's not folding, or he's folding, right? I don't like, know if I agree with that. I, I feel like... This bet gets called. This, get, this bet gets called by King of Spades Queen, and a yeah, bigger does. bet doesn't like that type of. I hand. mean, if when you say a bigger bet, how big are you thinking? I don't know, eleven hundred, something like that. I don't know. I think you're wrong. I think I think Lane's calling with a King King of Spades Queen for eleven hundred. Also, if they're super deep, he's in position. He's got overs and two back doors. He's calling. Well, eleven hundred or so. Well, it's the frequency's got to go down a little bit between seven and eleven hundred. Were you in the elevator with Lane Flack in 2006? I don't know. I didn't know who Lane Flack was in 2006. <laughs> I might have been in an elevator with him. Oh, okay. I do okay, remember one enough. particularly bad elevator experience, and based on his elevator reputation, I assume it was probably him. It he, probably was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. You know, I hope no one actually thinks I have a problem with Lane Flack, but they just might. Well, kind you of know, fun. people take, take you literally sometimes when you yeah. have all these sarcastic comments all the time, Mr. Sarcasm over there. It's hard to sift through it sometimes, yeah. you know? All right. Yeah. So what do you want to do as Flack now when Deeb bets into us? Remember, we are super deep, so let's not worry right. about, like, getting shoved on. We might get three bet, which would suck, but what, we could raise or we could call. What do you think is better? As Lane Flack. Yes, of course. I like just calling, personally. I think just calling makes a lot of sense because if we raise and get three bet, it sucks. Not that we're going to get three bet by very much. We're going to get three bet essentially by ace, king of spades sometimes, and ace, queen of spades, hands like that, maybe. Sets of tens, maybe other sets if there are a few others out there, and I don't know what else is even... Th I don't think aces is three betting us or anything very often. Do you? Well, if Deeb's going full maniac, we might get three bet by a lot of hands. Oh, if if okay. Deeb's deciding, like, you know what, screw everybody. I'm just going to three bet yeah. everything. Like, what are you going to do? Maybe that's part of why he makes it 700. Maybe he's trying to three bet. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Well, I like the idea of just calling because we're in position. We have a good draw. We think a jack or a seven might be good. We don't really know, but it might be good. They would be. We think a spade is good. We also have a backdoor straight draw on top of that. Yeah. It's not a bad spot. 
I think calling it's cheap. It's nice to call. Also, as you and I like to talk about, if we raise right now, we narrow the range of value hands that we can really have, as opposed to raising later. Even if you think we're going to raise with a wider range of value hands as Lane Flack, right? Even if you say, like, you know what? Deep's crazy. I'm going to raise top pair. Even so, it, we just don't have that many tens in our range, really. You know, right. there are, like, you add in the tens and the sets, and I don't know what else. I guess overs and the nut flush draw. I mean, there's just not that much we can have for value if we raise now versus later, where yeah. we can have everything. I agree. So Flack decides to raise, though, and uh, yeah. it's ambitious even to, to give him one pair of tens because that's, that's taking it to another right. level where we're, we're giving him the like, meta-leveling thing, and I don't think it's fair to necessarily do that in this case. And I mean, he if does... you have Jack Ten suited, you're just going to call, right? I mean, it yeah. seems crazy to raise, right? Of if course. You have Ace Ten, you could decide, but if if you get three better, are you just going to get 200 blinds in here? Yeah, because it's that or essentially give up. Yeah, that's why it's so. standard not to raise hands like that. So right. when he raises here, he's repping draws and sets, and there are a lot more draws than there are sets. There are a lot more draws than sets. Yeah, and I don't know if he has all the sets of tens. He might four bet tens sometimes against Deeb specifically. He might not because they're so deep. Yeah, you know, he might not. It's like, uh, getting five bet is such a disaster. Right. I have to call a five bet and then like, just be in like hell, cash game hell. Right. But nonetheless, Deeb is not in a comfortable spot having flop middle pair with essentially no kicker here when he gets raised and he's out of yeah. position for the entire hand. That's obviously not ideal. But based on the range we just constructed for Flack, I don't think he can do anything but continue in the hand, right? Um. I don't, I don't, I mean, I agree. But at the same point, it's not great. But I think if we think Flack has, like you're saying, all the draws and, not all the draws, sometimes he's going to call with some of his draws, but some of the draws and just a few sets, and that's kind of it. Maybe Lane slow played at aces pre sometimes, or kings pre, and deciding, you know Maybe. what, if you have a set of tens, you have a set of tens, like whatever. Um, I'm getting value from everything else. It's not impossible, but it probably Lane would just four bet the big pairs pretty anyway right yeah i mean the value range game. is pretty thin and then on top of it as sean deeb we know that we bet really small on this flop for a cash game we bet 700 yeah. right right so flack right. might have a lot of random bluffs here where he's like you know what screw you sean deeb you can't just bet 700 and win i have king queen of diamonds i win you know that type yeah, of thing yeah i mean in fairness to lane i mean this makes some sense right sean bets so small Against an amateur, you can raise this most of the time and just win, and it doesn't really matter what you have, and the situation doesn't matter. Like, oh, I happen to have a flush draw as backup. Cool. But I'm raising, and I'm going to win now whether I get there or not because you bet 700 after you raised 800. Yeah. Like, give me a break. It's a cash game. Give me a break. Right. Right. But Sean Deeb, and Sean Deeb knows because he bets small, he's sort of inducing and also knows that Lane doesn't have much value here, and so Sean can't fold. Yeah. Is this? But it does suck. I like to say it does suck. It does suck, but Deeb decides to call, and I think if I somehow ended up in the spot that Deeb was in, I would probably call as well. I agree. I agree. Um, is this only the second ever Sean Deeb hand we've ever done? And the first one, he was kind of the garbage human. Is that what's going didn't on? We here? Do the, no, didn't we do the hand with Vanessa against him? No, no, we've thought roller? about it, but it is. We never just, did it, huh? No. The I ace mean, 10 versus ace king? There's not much to say. You know, it's not Vanessa really. Vanessa makes a bad play it's not really breakdown worthy um <laughs> okay, fair the, enough. the hand i'm thinking about is the i think it was the valentine vorniku hand where vorniku ends up with the oh. full house against obst and deeb is right. in, involved in that hand i think but yeah right. it's only the second ever sean deep hand which is kind of weird that is a little weird well he's not on tv a huge amount i guess not but i hear you if we start doing more poker night in america hands you know yeah maybe which so we might. so the pot's gonna retweet. 
the pot's going to be 5,150 um, after Deeb calls here. So the pot got big because Deeb 3-bet 6-3 offsuit. You know what else got big, actually? The price of Bitcoin? The price of Bitcoin did get big. And if you happen to own some on Nitrogen Sports Poker... Well, you got more value, baby. That's you just, nice. You, you made money without even playing. If you, if two months ago you put you know twenty millibits on there and you spun it up to hundred millibits, now we're talking some more money. That's nice. You yeah. just had to sit back and let nitrogen do the work for you. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> more Bitcoin than nitro, but I feel you, dog. Yeah, I yeah, feel I you. If if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, our sponsor is Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. They are a Bitcoin only poker site. They're pretty great. They got cash games. They have sit-and-goes once in a while. They have regular tournaments as well. Some, there's actually a bounty tournament that Grant and I are in every other week. One of us is in it with a 20-millibit bounty on our heads. Tuesdays. Yep. And uh, five, only a 5-millibit buy-in, so that's pretty cool. And also there was, of course, the big mistake in the first one where Nitrogen actually put a Bitcoin's worth of prize pool out there and decided not to cancel the tournament even though it was almost 10 times more value than it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be about a $500 prize pool instead it was a $4,500 prize pool. Yeah. Um, and so first place, I finished second, which is great for me, but first place got 500 millibits, which is about $2,200. The prize pool, the full prize pool should have been less than 500. It was 2,200 at the time. Now it's a bit more than that. That's true. If they hold That's on true. to it. Um, right. Speaking of which, they could hold on to it or choose not to because on nitrogen, it's super easy and fast to withdraw your money. It takes... 10, 20 minutes, sometimes less than that. And that's because nitrogen operates at the speed of Bitcoin. There's no BS in between. Like you deal with every other poker site in the world, even if yeah. they let you use Bitcoin to withdraw, they still have their BS processing stuff. What's that about? Yep. What's going on know. there? It shouldn't take know. any time at all. It shouldn't. Nitrogen doesn't waste our time with that stuff. It, nitrogen, good guys. We like the software. If you're hearing this on Thursday, you still have time. Today's the debut of the NFL season. You still have time to get into the NFL Survivor Pools. They have like seven different ones from free all the way up to like a three Bitcoin buy-in, which is insanely high, by the way. It's like $14,000 buy-in. Yeah, that's a but, big buy-in. So anywhere from like, yeah, free, $10, $30, $100, whatever you want to do, you can find it on Nitro as well. Also, they've just recently uh, cut their rate down. Right. They're killing it. By the way, use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up, uh, or else you won't yes. get access to the aforementioned bounty tournament or other special Poker Guys promotions. They're always cooking up new Poker Guys promotions. It's true. You want to play with us? You want to get some bounties? You know, try to knock us out of a tournament? You're going to have to use getting that some, link. Yeah, getting some big free rolls, which yeah. sometimes we have as well. Yeah. Same thing. All right. All right. Cool. So moving on to the turn, we've got this weird turn. three bet pot here. Where Sean Deeb has put in a lot of money with 6-3 offsuit so far, but he is ahead. The flop was 10-3 deuce, two spades. Uh, Deeb bet called. Uh, Flack had raised with jack-7 of spades. The pot is now $5,150. Heading to the turn, which is the queen of hearts, which does mm. not help anybody. Nobody no. likes that card. No. If anything, it improves Deeb's range. It seems hard to think of very many hands where Lane Flack has a queen. I can think of a few. He can have the queen X of spades if yeah. he decides to raise on the flop. He can, I don't know. If he decided to raise top pair, I guess sometimes he can have queen 10, but it seems unlikely. I guess he can have queen queen sometimes. That seems unlikely too. He might sometimes four bet that pre. He also might not raise that on the flop sometimes. Right. And if Sean Deep had ace queen, now he just vaulted to the lead. So it's more, right. more in Deep's range than Flack's range. Yeah, Flack doesn't have like king queen of spades, ace queen of spades, queen nine of spades, things like that. The queen shouldn't help him. Right. So deep checks, playing in flow, and uh, Flack has an interesting choice here because he hasn't put he the pot was 1750 going to the flop and his raise was only to 1700. He could take a free river here. It's not a horrible yeah. thing to turn that into the free river play with a draw. You know what I mean? 
It's not too bad. The only problem is we sort of give up our chance to really rep a strong hand now. Like, we're, it's sort of pretty – like, I, unless you're raising ace-10, right? I, I kind of prefer – I, I almost – if we're going to do it, I almost prefer raising with ace-10, checking back this kind of a turn, and now it looks like we missed our draw, and actually we have a value hand, and you can't bluff us even though you think we can. But this is why we don't, we don't raise ace-10 anyway, right. usually. I assume Lane Flack mostly isn't doing that either. Um, I mean, the free river play makes sense, except we, we sort of give up our ability to, to win this pot most of the time unless we improve. That's well, the only problem. Okay, that's, that's a good point. But uh, to counter that, I want to reiterate the range advantage that this queen is for Sean Deeb. It's better yeah. for Deeb's range than for Flack's range. Deeb certainly knows that. The majority yeah. of, like, if Flack bets again, he's essentially repping just sets still, right? Um, I think so. And Deeb decided to call on the flop. Deeb has something. He was I mean, gonna king, queen of spades. King, queen of spades he could have. He could have that, yeah. Or something like that. Queen X of spades. He can really have that. Right. But that's it. But Deeb has something, right? Like, Deeb has... Maybe Deeb's a guy who can have ace four here and have a gut shot and now is forced to fold. I don't yeah. think it's super likely, but it's possible. But I think it's possible. A lot of the time, Deeb has showdown value, and this queen is not supposed to help Flack. So I don't see a player who is a thinking player like Sean Deeb folding to further aggression, at least on the turn. Not yet. I mostly agree with that. There is another benefit to betting here as Lane Flack, which is when we hit on the river, we either have a bigger, we get to make a bigger bet on the river, and also the pot is bigger and more, yeah. and we get to win a lot more. That's so that's nice. the good news. The problem, of course, is we don't hit enough on the river for that to probably be worth it. You know, we only right. have 20% of the time now. Yeah, I think I prefer taking it as a free river play. Maybe if it was like a, a, a lower card, a card that's better for our range than Deeb's, maybe I feel better mm. about betting here. I mean, what is really better for our range, though? Like, I guess, like, if it's a, it was three deuce, right? So if it's a six, yeah. then we could have made a straight or something like that. I mean, Turns spades, spades really are bad. better for our range, but I guess that makes us vault to the yeah. lead anyway. I think it's I mean, okay is, just to take this as a free river play, though. I mean, like... I, I mean, you still got a cheaper turn than you probably would have otherwise gotten, right? So it still sort of worked. How is it cheaper? Because if we don't raise the flop... And we just call and Sean bets the turn. He's going to bet a lot more than a thousand on the turn. Yeah, that's probably true. So we saved money. That's one. So and that actually is so cool. So we got to we got to pay less. That's cool. And yeah, we get our free river card. And even though we sort of give up our opportunity to win the pot, I think if we are going to bet the turn, we should often barrel the river, though. Not always, but often. Yeah. Well, depending on the card and everything, obviously. Of course. Of course. I think but we should have that. We should have that as one of our things we're thinking about if we're betting the turn. Like, because we think we're going to get called a lot on the turn, right? Right. So if we're betting it, we need to bet the turn with the plan of often betting the river. I agree. Um, cool. So deep checks and Flack <laughs> does decide to bet. He goes the betting route here. He bets mm -hmm. 30, 3,200 into 5,150, a bit of a chunkier bet. Yeah. Um, and even though I am kind of advocating the free river play, this should work a lot of the time against Deep's hand. He has a very bad hand. I mean, he has he flop middle pair. It's it's hard to improve this hand at this point. You got to hit a six or a three. Flack is representing something a lot stronger, something that we might be drawing dead against. Mm -hmm. There, however, the spades did not come in, right? So that's what Deep's thinking about. The spades didn't come in, and the straight draw did not come in, right? And the queen's like, not supposed to help Flack unless he raised queen ten, which seems like something that would not happen very often. Right, so now it's got to be the queen X of spades. That's the only thing that helps Flack, right? King queen of spades, ace queen of spades, queen nine of spades, queen jack of spades, stuff like that. Right, and also by the way, king jack of spades could could bet here. Yeah, that too. Um, I think king jack of spades is a more likely bet actually than the queen X of spades when we pick up showdown value. If you have like queen nine of spades, I would consider mm -hmm. checking because we can win without improving, 
and we don't necessarily want to blow Deeb off of all of the worst hands. Yeah, it's not a terrible point. Like, we don't have a great kicker. Deeb might have ace-queen and been holding out on the flop. He is Sean Deeb. Yeah. And so, yeah, queen nine states. We could check back, bluff catch, and bet the river if we want, if it goes check, if he checks again. Right. That's fine. Like, we don't really, we're not really trying to get three streets out of top pair medium kicker, probably. Yeah. Probably. Right. Um, the problem is raising the flop for Lane really narrows what his value can be on this turn. Yep, if he just is... called the flop and then Sean checks the turn and, and Lane bets, now he can have a lot more value. Right. right. We talk about this all the time about how, yeah. especially when you're deep, floating is such a more effective way to have an expansive value range against a thinking player, especially when you're yeah. in position. It's just yeah. you can have one pair of hands so much more easily. And that's important when you're trying to tell a consistent story to a player who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Anyway, Flax continuing to rep essentially a set here, and he bets 3,200. And he's still very draw-heavy, right? Like, the majority of his range is still draws if we're giving him a raise with a lot of draws here. Flax range? Yeah. Specifically? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it kind of hasn't changed, right? We're, we don't think the queen hits him very often. And when the queen doesn't hit him, his range is kind of the same as the flop range, isn't right. it? So we got, like, nine combos of sets uh, flop sets, and I don't know if he has all of those because he's going to 4-bet 10 some of the time, right? Some of the time. And he's not going to raise them all, of course, on the flop right. always either. So of course. Some, mostly he will, I would think, but not always. And he's he's probably got, I don't know, five times that many draws in his range. Um, I mean, he's got the straight draws and all the flush draws, and he might have some air also, just yeah. some straight air. So it seems like... I mean, when we look at it that way, it seems like you can't consider folding this you know, pair of threes with no kicker right. on the turn for... $3,400 or whatever, but the problem is, it sort of sounds absurd when you say it out loud. The problem you know? is that every card that comes on the river, unless it pairs the board, is an over card to our pair here. Unless it's yeah. a six, we're not very happy about it because if Lane Flack does have some sort of random bluff, we don't know which cards those are, and pretty much any card can beat us on the river. It's We don't have much protection from any sort of bad thing happening with the hand that we have as deep. I mean, I think as deep, we almost, this is weird, we almost want uh, Flack to bet the river if no spade comes off. Oh, absolutely, because that means we could win. (laughs) Right, right. If Flack checks it back, Flack is rarely giving up, probably, after he raises the flop, bets the turn. He's often, it's Lane Flack, it's a cash game, it's TV. He's often going to go for it on the river. He's not going to show up with four or five diamonds or something there, right? Like, just just check back the river with a five high. Right, I don't think so. I think he's like, you know, deep could have all these draws, too. Which, by the way, Deep can. Deep can actually have all the draws. Yeah. And Lane can win with any, any hand. So it's very reasonable for Lane to, to bet the river when he doesn't improve. And he's going to often check back if he makes a pair. Like almost yeah. any pair he's going to check back on the river, right? Have Most you ever, of the time. I'm sure you have, but um, I feel like I'm in the spot somewhat frequently. You know, every couple times I play poker where I have a flush draw that is not the nut flush draw. And I take mm-hmm. an aggressive action against my opponent. And I start to wonder if maybe I want the flush to brick out because it's like not necessarily likely, but highly possible that I have a worse flush draw than my opponent. And now my whole plan is please don't come in and I'm bluffing. I just want to bluff <laughs> instead of have the flush come right. in. You know, right. if you ever had that happen to you? I have. I have. Also, you don't have to worry about the implied odds right. at all. It's great. I mean, there's other kinds of implied odds, I guess, if we know we're going to bet the river. But still. It's like, I don't have to, you know, it's only because I decided to do this now. Not like I'm sort of forced to put a lot of chips in and I'm just screwed. Yeah, I mean, I like that. I'm more in control of my own destiny. I've been in that spot plenty of times. And like a couple times, it's like I have the 10 high flush draw. The flush comes in. I bet the river and I get raised. And I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm probably folding. (laughs) I'm probably going to fold here. Um, 
And, you know, because you have to bet the river when, when your flush comes, even if you're kind of concerned that you're against a, a higher flush draw. I mean, it seems crazy not to. Yeah. If you're in position, especially. So that's a spot yeah. Flack could find himself in, you know, against Deep's yeah. range here. Yeah. Because Deep has all the nut flush draws in his range right now. Um, By the way, another, another hand uh, Flack can have, which makes sense to keep betting, is the Jack Nine of Spades. Yeah, Jack Nine and King Jack, Jack of Spades. Of spades. Jack of Spades picks up a gut shot. I mean, things like that. King nine of spades. All those, uh, you know, straight draw, combo draws on the turn. All hands he would very strongly consider continuing, right? Right. He well, I think pretty much those. all draws, he's continuing with Jack seven of spades. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, Deep decides to call because probably Flax range is so draw heavy. And also Deep is not interested in folding. That's part of yes. it as well. Um, stuff. So Flax just praying for a spade now because this is not a fun spot in a three bet pot against a thinking player who is kind of stationing you right now. The pot is $11,550 going to the river. The flop was 10-3, deuce, two spades, turn queen of hearts. River is the king of diamonds. Another yeah. card that is better for Deeb's range than for Flack's range. No, no doubt. Although Flack could have jack nine and gotten there, jack nine of spades. That's one. King, king queen of spades, jack nine of spades. Yeah. It's, it's almost it. King it's jack of spades. Of but that Ace jack of spades. Yeah. There's a few where it's like, hey, I made a straight. Right. Okay. All right, top two. That's about it, right? All right, so deep checks. This board looks like a nightmare for 6-3 at this point. It does. King, queen, 10-3, deuce, although the flush draw did miss. Um, and Flack is in a weird spot. I mean, giving up feels like probably the wrong idea here because although the king is better for deep's range than Flack's range, it doesn't necessarily hit deep, and often it doesn't. Right. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like Flack kind of has to go for it here, right? I mean, Deep shouldn't have very many kings in his range at this point either. Like, Deep call the raise on the flop and call the big turn bet or a reasonable turn bet. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's got to have, like, it's, the only way he has a king in his hand is if he has the king X of spades or he has two pair on the river. There's That's a couple it. hands I can think of. He can have king. He can some straight draws. He can have king, king. He can have, yes. he can have ace, king with the ace of spades uh, and be planning on making a nut blocker play if the spades come in. So he calls on the turn out of position with overs in the gut shot? Yeah. Okay. I guess. And the nut blocker. I guess. He's gonna... And the nut blocker. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, he can also have uh, king high spades, which are um, just, just straight up king high spades, or king jack or something like that, where he actually called the raise with just overs. Um, on the flop. With, maybe there's a spade in his hand also. Yeah. You know? And so he calls with those things, turns an open-ender. And yeah. then River's top pair. So there's a few ways the king helps Deep, but not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. It should be like, a scary card for most of Deep's range, the way that Deep got here. It shouldn't be really good for anybody. Right. Right. The offsuit king doesn't seem to, it shouldn't like help anybody. If it helps anyone, probably helps Deep a little bit more than Flack. But when it shouldn't be good for anybody, as the bluffer, as Lane Flack, it kind of sucks because you're like, well, yeah. it's not supposed to be good for him, but it's also not supposed to be good for me. But I'm the guy who needs to take an aggressive action, so he's the guy who gets to decide whether or not it's good for me, and there's nothing right. I can do about that, and I guess I'm going to bet anyway, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. what he does. Flack bets 5,500 into 11,550. Do you think he should size it up against a guy like Deeb? I don't know if it matters against a guy like Deeb. I think it's possible Deeb is either calling or he isn't, and it's not about math at this point, is my guess, you know? Maybe if you maybe if you size it up hugely, it matters. Yeah, but I think like fifty five hundred to like what'd you say? If it makes it like fifteen k, yeah, that's where it starts to matter. But I think anywhere between fifty five hundred and like ten k is probably the same thing to Sean Deep. Like is completely meaningless. 
the difference there, and he's not going to blink. Right. 15K, the overbet of the pot may actually start to slow him down a little bit. But as Lane Flack, we don't necessarily need to overbet, right? First of all, we're trying to tell a story that we have a set of 10s. I guess we could overbet the river. I guess. But also, these cards are not amazing for a set of 10s. No. So in terms of, like, overbetting specifically. Like, we're going to have to overbet fold. Yeah. Right? Which sucks. Yes, it does. Just sucks. Um, if we bet 5,500, we get raised. We can still call. <laughs> All right. So I got bad news for Lane Flack. Yeah. Sean Deeb calls quickly. Yeah. He barely thinks about it. Yeah. So this tells us a couple things, I think, here. One, Sean Deeb is not interested in folding. It does tell us that. Two... The story that Lane Flack is telling is not amazing, and Sean Deeb knows that. It seems that Sean Deeb is not uh, confused or thrown off by this story at no. all. Now, it's also possible that Sean Deeb just understands that sometimes he's beat, sometimes he isn't, but that he thinks he's you know winning enough that it's just an easy call, and that's that. He's getting know? he's getting three to one, so that's yeah. pretty good. That is pretty good. So he only has to- and you know. If we know Lane Flack is, this goes back to the story, if we know Lane Flack is kind of never raising top, top on the flop and is raising a lot of his draws, this is actually, this sounds crazy, sort of a straightforward call down. Oh, I don't yeah. know if it actually is in practice, but in theory it is, right? I mean, okay, let's think about the hands we're worried about at this point. We're okay. worried about sets of deuces, sets of three, sets of tens. Yep. We're worried about jack nine of spades. King, queen of spades. King, queen of spades, ace, jack of spades. That's it, right? Because we're not concerned about... We think Flack would probably check back uh, King X of Spades that is not two pair, right? Like, if he had King Nine of Spades, he'd probably just check it back. I think he would. Yeah. I believe he would. I'm not 100% on that. I don't know. Maybe... If he knows Sean is stationing a lot, he should be betting his his weak king here on the river. But it's not crazy to check... I mean, normally you would check this back. I mean, that changes the quality of this call a lot. If... If Flack yeah. is betting all of his kings that are spades that just turn into one pair on the river, I don't like the call very much. Right. I mean, this comes down to a thing that comes up a lot in poker, which is on the river, there are a lot of guys who will bet all their misses, but very few of their reasonable hands, like reasonable made hands, right? Yeah. So they're betting super strong hands, like two pair and better, or all their misses. And suddenly they just have way too much air in that range, and you just have to call them with a lot of stuff, right? Yep. So like if, if Lane Flack is never betting one pair here, and I'm not saying he's supposed to, but that means he shouldn't be betting all of his misses either, right? He's got to cut down on his misses, so it's somewhat balanced. And my guess is he's probably not balanced enough. Right, I agree. Um, we, we would assume even if he's sometimes betting his one pair of kings, he's not betting his one pair of queens, right? He's not betting his queen no nine chance. of spades, no. No way. Yeah. How is he getting called by a worse hand? Obviously, he would have. He would have, yeah. In his, mind, in his mind, he'd be worried about deep having ace-queen, hitting the king in some way, having king-jack. He would quickly and happily check back any queen here. i got to believe. Right. So it seems like, in the end, it's just that the board runout was not great in order for Flack to tell a consistent story. The flop itself was dry enough except for the... Because there's, like, no two pairs that Flack has on the flop. That's a problem for right. him. So yes. his values essentially sets and the flush draw missed. It kind of is straightforward, like you're saying, that Deep should just call this with any showdownable value because Flack is so draw-heavy still. And we're assuming that he's checking back all of his one pair of hands that he backed into. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And this goes back to Layton's questionable decision to raise on the flop. Not that I hate it because D bet's so small and all that, but it sort of goes back to what, you know, by telling that part of the story, it makes the whole rest of the story questionable. Or, or like, not questionable maybe is the wrong word, but it narrows his value range so much right away. 
And if we wait, we can still keep some of that strong part. We could, we could flop a set and just call on the flop. Yeah. It's not crazy. Yeah. And so we could, when we raise the turn, we can still have all that strong value in our range if we want to raise the turn or raise the river or whatever we do. Right. Bet the river, whatever we feel like. Then we can have a 10. We can have queen 10. We can have king 10. Call the turn. Bet the, bet the turn. You know, raise the river. Whatever we want to do. All that stuff makes more sense. Then now you like kind of never have king 10. You kind of never have queen 10. You almost never have a king. You almost never have a queen. It was, you know, you can have sets. It's a, it's a crappy spot for Flack. It's like yeah. being in an elevator with Lane Flack, you know? It's really crappy. Yeah, and him just not responding to you. Yeah, it just makes you feel like the lowest of the low, the worst like, little salamander under his boot. I'm like, a, I'm just a kid, man. I don't know anything. I've seen you on TV. We're talking about playing in the main event. It's fun. And then he just like... It's like it's almost like he was like, oh, you're one of those. People. He big timed you. You got big he timed. Did. He did. He may have been correct too. I mean, I don't, can't remember what I said. It was 11 years ago, but I didn't say anything awful. I was just like excited and enthusiastic, you know. Well, I was a little, I was a little bit of a fan. Turns out I didn't know that poker celebrities are completely unimpressive. Turns out what general, you not just Lane, actually everyone. were to Lane Flack was just another piece of trash in the elevator. You're just elevator <laughs> garbage. That's all you are. <laughs> but yeah. but it kind of sucks as Lane Flack because you. It, you can't find a good way out of this, right? Like, it feels like you are kind of obligated to continue bluffing, yet you know your story is kind of bunk. And yeah, but there's nothing you can do about it. You're kind of stuck in the middle there, and it's a bad spot. This hand is this hand played out the way actually I'd expect a limit hold'em hand to play out. Where on, in limit hold'em you absolutely can raise any ten here, yeah. Some other pairs if you want all your draws, and then the pair of threes just calls down because all the draws miss, and it goes very quickly. Well, Sean, D but in no limit. <laughs> You wouldn't expect it. Sean Deeb played it with the quickness that a limit player would play a hand. He was just I mean, like, yeah, call. I think he plays a lot of limit games. Yeah. So it's very possible. He's just like, this is straightforward. I know how this goes. And the stakes don't scare me. So I don't care that you keep, you know, you bet 5,500 on the river. It's all the same to me. It's a bet. Yep. I call it because everything missed and nothing else makes sense. And it's easy. So either this is just a brilliant play by Sean Deeb, a bad play by Lane Flack, or just sort of unlucky. Yeah. Well, it's a little unlucky, too. Like, Lane has great equity on the flop, as we're saying. Of course. Like, he's got jacks and sevens and spades, and, you know, some other runouts maybe are going to work for him. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Maybe not. He loses this one, and Sean Deeb gets to rake in the cash. Yeah. And uh, I feel good. I don't know if there's anything else to say about that. Um, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Um, there, this reminds me of um, a time when Hashtag King played on Poker Night in America and Sean Deeb was on there and Hashtag King was the worst person of all time. Yeah, to we're the never going to give that guy any airtime on the breakdown. Exactly. He doesn't deserve it. We're never going to make a video with that guy because I, I hate him. I've never met him, but just from seeing how he is, he's, he's like the worst person in the world. Um, but, you know, Shawnee Deeb, man, feels like he always gets the W's. Well, he's got the W's. He's been very good for a very long time, you know. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. If you guys remember, maybe the first place a lot of you ever saw Sean Deep was in the World Series of Poker main event. The first time ESPN was doing their, like, coverage of every day. It was, like, the year Ben Lamb finished third. Uh, so that was, like, 2011 or something, something like, like that. Something like that. And uh, Sean Deeb got it in with Max Heiselman. They may have been blind versus blind. Oh, I remember Deeb this. Had, yeah, it was crazy. Deeb had aces, and Heiselman had a six off suit. And I think Heiselman six bet all in pre- Flop to six and river to six, and Deeb was just out. And they were two of the biggest stacks in the room. Yeah, that was nuts. And Deeb, by the way, showing that he's a high-stakes pro, they interviewed him right after, and he was just like a total champ about it. You know, He was like, yeah, you know, I, 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 bet, 
I five bet with a, to a particular size because I know he's seen me do that with a lot of air. So I was really trying to induce and get him to make that play. He did, so I, I feel really great about it. You know, he was just thinking about it from an expected value point of view, at least on air. Well, that's it hard to like, do. Yeah, you know, these things. That's hard to do, over. even in in tournaments that are meaningless to me. I I get a little bit hot under the collar when I when stuff like that happens. You know, <laughs> I know. Get <laughs> help it, man. We're competitive. Yeah. So maybe maybe D was feeling that underneath, but he sure acted like as chill. As, and it was very impressive. Well, good for him. And now more money for him, even though he lost that hand that you talked about. But he won this one. He sure did with a great call down with just a pair of threes and no kicker. Right. Pretty sweet. Yep. Good job, Sean. And we are done. All I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe.